Welcome back to the White Gray Black Weekly Manga Podcast. My name is Bruce, the producer of the White Gray Black YouTube channel. With me again this week is Gautam. Hello, hello. This is a weekly manga book club where we talk about all of the latest and greatest Japanese manga publications. This week is all about dudes hitting each other. We're going to talk about Martial Master Asumi, the new MMA manga, Sakamoto Days, our favorite manga where people hit each other in the coolest ways with the most interesting stuff, and a new manga from the author of Golden Kamui, Nota Satoru, called Dogs Red. Let's get started with the new one. Let's get started with Dogs Red. Gautam, did you read this, and how did you uh, feel about it? Yeah, I did read it. Uh, would we pronounce it Dog Sled, or is it like technically? Oh, dog I didn't even sled? think about that. But yeah, I have no quite idea. possibly. Yeah, because the L and the R in, in Japanese. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I mean, it's it's about what I think it's about is it's about a figure skater who's going to turn into a hockey uh, player a hockey player dogs yeah yeah i don't know i mean the the western translators the fan translators here did translate it as dogs red so i wonder what yeah. the uh wonder what the original hiragana sure. katakana or kanji had it as because i'm not sure I mean, uh, let's just call it dogs red for now just in case yeah. there is like a, a hidden pun later and uh there's egg on our face um i i did read dogs red it was uh it was great i thought it was a strong first chapter yeah um i feel like uh this the first chapter it felt like more of a setup chapter than most pilots uh a lot of pilots usually kind of have like a a mini story arc yes inside of them and um this one kind of just hit the ground running instead uh regardless i thought it was good yeah, I, I like this a lot. Science. I nothing has gotten me more interested. I have Golden Kamui on my planned read eventually. I hadn't really thought about it, but this this makes me interested because I thought this did a lot of stuff really well, especially in the character front. I thought that the characters were all like really fun and interesting. I thought the facial expressions mm-hmm. in the chapter were great. Um, the action was good. The art's good. Uh, yeah, I mean, I like just about everything that was going on here. So. The character design even is uh, it's got that. I know that this happens in uh, Golden Kamui also, where it's like everybody is human, but they all look they all like a little weird. Like the main character has this like lines going straight up from his eyebrows, like his right. the center of his head, which is a little weird. But uh, yeah, his face I, looks like a giant arrow, kind of a little bit. Yeah, um, but I thought this did. A, you're right that it did not really do the. Uh, sort of like micro arc, you know, small, uh, you're, a lot of chapters start out and they have sort of the introduction, rising, falling action, climax, all that stuff. This one kind of didn't. It was a little, the parts of the story were a little jumbled up, but I still thought it worked really well. There was some flashback stuff. There was some uh, flashback, not flash forward, but current day, there's kind of like three time periods, I guess, happening in this chapter. There's 2010, Yokohama, where we see him, the main character, performing his uh, ice dance routine, and then it sort of skips forward to where they're essentially shipped off to live with their grandfather. And there was kind of the a little bit of the past going on here too. But uh, yeah, but so start out kind of going through what happens here. 
we start out, he gives his performance, it's all great, everyone cheers for him, uh, seems like he's got a bunch of fans, and then the sort of inciting event here is he just, he they sort of announce that he's won with the highest score ever for like, was it like 14-year-old boys or something? Um, yeah. And he just like, it's it's such a good page actually, I don't think we grabbed it, but like a chair flies onto the ice and someone's like, where'd that chair come from? What's going on? And you turn around and the main character is just like throwing a hissy fit. Like what a cool kind of character defining moment. Yeah. Yeah. Like I I love that the meltdown he has isn't really explained. Of course, the audience understands why due to the context preceding it, that uh, his mom's death. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's never really explained or talked about by the main character as of this point. And uh, I like that. I yeah, mean, I mean it's all it's yeah. all really it's all shown what is it? Uh show don't tell, right? It's all shown. You're right. And it's not it, the story does kind of tell us, but it lets you imply there's no like reporter in the background going, "Oh, the young competitor threw a fit because his mom died and he was mad." I I, I think it also lets you I don't want to say like guess or theorize. It doesn't straight up tell us like he's mad at his mom or he's sad and he's lashing out because X, we don't really know why he did it. We know that he's obviously like emotionally upset or compromised in some way, but it doesn't straight up tell us what he's feeling exactly. So shit. I don't think he knows why he did it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I very true. Yeah. The main character may not even really know uh, why he did it, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's also just a neat little uh, inciting event because this is not what I was expecting. I mean, I was expecting, oh, maybe he's like, you know, he'll be a, he'll be rough around the edges type guy. But I wasn't expecting like, oh, he went, gets first place and trashes the like competitor. Yeah. I loved the, there's a panel where he uses a skate to just like cut a big line across the kind of backdrop. That's the, really the great The sponsor too. board and everyone's yeah. like freaking out more about the sponsor board than anything else. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a good transition into, this was really funny. In like a lot of different ways. Like I thought the sister was hilarious. The main character has these quirks where he's like, was it? He's like afraid of cockroaches and yeah, all animals, all living creatures aside from humans. He seems to dislike or have an aversion to. There's a funny scene. the The part that I laughed at a lot was like, oh thank goodness, you know, we're way up north. It's really cold. There's are there any cockroaches? Like no, there's no cockroaches. Too cold up here. And they drive by a sign that's like, please watch for bears. Like if a bear shows up, do this, and his face like drops. Um, Lots of really funny like uh, like again just like visual gags. Like this author clearly knows that it is. You don't just have to write. (laughs) Don't just write jokes. You can tell jokes using visuals and panels and stuff like that. So I like that about this a lot. I didn't get a picture for it, but I love their the, this panel. Their panel before this with the cat. There's yes, a, where he's coming he's into like, the room. <laughs> yeah, like goofy yeah. ass cat behavior where it's squeezing its face through like a small crack in the door. That's uh, so good. That's so, so good. This is another. I one of my next videos that I really want to make is about just like facial facial expressions because I think that authors who use uh, either really subtle or really over the top facial expressions often. It's just a, it's a cool, interesting style to use. And this guy has really over the top facial expressions. And yeah, the cat is great. And I thought all the facial expressions from all the characters were, I mean, this is like conveys emotion perfectly from this scene where he's throwing the chair, right? Like it conveys emotion perfectly, but it's also hilarious to look at mm-hmm. at the same time. So I, I, I yeah. really appreciate that about it. It's doing, it's definitely doing double duty, heavy lifting. So, uh, so they move up with, I think it's their 
their mom's dad, their grandpa. Yeah, mom's uh, dad. up in are they in Hokkaido or are they? They're in Hokkaido. They're are in the proximity. Yeah, on the island, Hokkaido, right? but like it's like the I, South I Island. Think, but yeah, yeah, exactly. I think like in the yeah, I can't remember the name of the city, but they're I think on like on the south of the of the island of Hokkaido. But um, so then the sort of start of kind of the rest of the story, I guess it would be, is he goes. They see this lake as they're driving up. The ice skater main character here goes and is, goes to skate on the ice, um, and he runs into a bunch of kids, and there is a goal set up, a ice hockey goal. Um, and he's skating around. The kids are like, "Oh, you don't want to, you don't want to sk- skate by that because little Gimma is going to get you if you do." And then he shows up, and they have like a not not really brains versus brawn, like a dexterity versus strength pvp duel here where it's like right genma the the hockey player is a straight kind of going at him with all his strength obviously playing hockey trying to kind of take down our ice skater dude and the ice skater's kind of dancing around him um this is a great panel i'm so glad that, that was this my is favorite one too. yeah yeah and uh, the action also in this i thought was really good all of the uh ice skating moves i thought were really sort of well drawn well telegraphed i could tell you know what was what was going on here so yeah, and it's also, it's like, it's just, it isn't, like, overly goofy, and it isn't overly serious. For me, this had, Dogs Red, I think, had the exact right amount of goofiness, where it's, like, it flows perfectly between, like, real serious things are happening, and it's a funny face, and it's a joke, and they're moving into a new place, but the cat's face is funny, and it's just the perfect amount for me. I don't even know how to describe it as, like, a percentage or what it was but to me this was just like the perfect amount of goofy and serious like balanced perfectly for for what i enjoyed so yeah and 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 it sets up like a few things like great for for the future like uh the main characters like getting over his mom's death Mm -hmm. uh he also seems to be uh, a little bit prejudiced towards the people who live in al-qaeda uh so that that's probably going to be a plot point too um the dude acts like a total diva like the, the whole chapter. Uh, so I'm curious to see how his personality plays into things where, because hockey is a, it's a very gruff boys, boys type boys mm-hmm. or boys type thing. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I yeah, think this I'm is, looking forward to it. Yeah. I, my prediction is this is going to be a, uh, what's the, like the, a Prince and the Popper kind of story. Not necessarily where they like trade places, but where it's like, Oh, the, the rough and tumble hockey guy is going to see the sort of beauty of skating and the beautiful ice skater guy is going to learn the fun and uh, the sort of artistry of the sport of hockey. Like there's going to be, I think, shared culture here. And that's going to be, I, I assume that's that's what I got out of this first chapter of what the what they're setting up the core of the story to be. Agreed. And uh, I, I think the two of them have already established and will continue to establish a uh, uh, rivals that don't like mm. each other become friends. Uh, Hinata and whatever the other guy in Haikyuu's name is type of relationship. I was, yeah, you brought up literally the thing that I had next on my list was this reminds me a lot of the first chapter of, of Haikyuu where there's kind of two players who are exceptionally good at different parts of the game and they are forced to play together. And how does that dynamic, that's sort of how Haikyuu starts. So yeah, right. I, it reminded me a lot of that. Uh, I, I think that's a great start. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I think uh, as far as sports anime go, there, there have been we've been seeing a lot of them uh, recently. I think this is one of the ones I'm more interested in. 
Um, this and mm-hmm. MMA have have been great. So I guess the last two have been great. Yeah, for sure. And I, yeah, I historically have not been not very into sports, manga or anime. I mean, I've seen. Haikyuu might be the only sports thing I've consumed. I'm trying to think. <laughs> yeah, uh, it might the only, only one be... you liked. Well, I think it's the only one I've ever even really seen. I'm just not super mm. interested. I mean, I've never really been, uh, never really sought out, you know, Ace No Diamond or any of those that I've heard are good. I mean, I guess I've, I read a little bit of I Shield 21, not all of it. That's that's pretty okay. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you're right that these, they're sports, but they, in the same vein as, as Haikyuu, I, lo- I don't like Haikyuu because it's about volleyball. I like Haikyuu because it is like, excellent character work in, in that right. series yeah and i this is this is presenting to me in the same way this looks like it's going to be good character stuff this looks like it's going to be fun and funny um i really could care less if hockey was the thing that they were getting involved in or if it was you know bear trapping or whatever else could be anything else here i i'm interested in it the sports never interests me it's it's a setting so which i could care I agree yeah and cool. I, uh, I think that's the case with every like sports anime and manga. It's it's usually the the setting to mm. build your story upon, and the good ones uh, do it well. The sport itself doesn't really matter, like you said. Okay, sorry, you Munchin. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Cool. Anything else on Dog's Red here? Uh, nope. Good little thing. This has me very interested to read Golden Kamui. Um, I might go back and start that up after I finish some of the other stuff I'm reading. Uh, I should do the ma- same. I haven't read it. And I've heard it's really good. It sells really well and looks really, looks kind of equally goofy and serious. So Right. It, yeah, I've seen some panels. It is very goofy. Yeah. So you mentioned our next little topic here. So let's just move on to that one. Um, mm-hmm. Martial Master Asumi, MMA. Uh, this series... This is by, uh, what's the author's name? Kawada. The sumo guy. Yeah, whose name I'm forgetting. I'm going to find it. Uh, oh, no, the name is just Kawada. Okay, <laughs> I thought yeah. there were two names. Um, Martial Master Asumi by Kawada. This, I think, so we got over the past, I guess it started in March, didn't it? The new series, or maybe April. So the, over the past four, four and a half months, we've gotten six new series and Weekly Shonen Jump. And I think you and I both agree that I think Martial Master Asumi is the best thing of those six that we've gotten so far. Yeah. And I, the thing is, I don't even think it's close. This is uh, this had the strongest start and has been consistently good chapter after chapter. And it's actually fun to read. Like, mm-hmm. I think the others that are on the list are not fun to read. And that includes Tenmaku, which I think is good, and I want to like more than I actually like. Um, I agree. I think Tenmaku, yeah, yeah, Tenmaku is like sort of a very easy to read because it's visually appealing. Um, And I thought it had a really strong chapter one, chapter two. Hasn't Mm -hmm. really done much. I don't hate it. I don't think it's bad. It is much less interesting, much less dynamic than than MMA. I, I think MMA is really, really hit the ground running and. I mean, you can talk about what happened in this chapter in the last few. I mean, we've kind of already got a antagonist with uh, Asumi's brother. They had a fight, which was great. We've sort of introduced all the players. We've set up a big inciting incident. Our character now 
knows that, you know, he has to go defeat his brother. In order to do that, his brother tells him, like, you can't just come challenge me. You have to meet me in official matches. So you have to climb the ranks, blah, blah, blah. Um, what I liked uh, in this, uh, like right before this, is the brother actually has, uh, like, he's kind of annoyed when uh, Asumi brings up his grandpa. Mm-hmm. Uh, because and states like something along the lines of um, even though he was incredibly good and uh, kind of a prodigy at martial arts, it was never good enough for the grandfather. And uh, so, he so, wasn't doing it the grandpa's way, and that was disappointing him. Or I think there's right. also yeah, for some reason, yeah. And again, there's a lot of this dynamic stuff has been set up early on, character wise and plot wise. The Grandpa seemed to have sort of forgotten the training that he gave to the older brother because I think it's mm-hmm. in this chapter, maybe the chapter before, where he like tries to give him a black belt, and the guy's like, "This is the eleventh time you've given me the black belt." Like we've done this before because their grandpa has Alzheimer's, right? Or I don't think does it. I don't know if it directly says that, but I'm assumed it's Alzheimer's yeah, or something. He, he, something he pretty much to. does. Yeah, he has so, some neuro- neurological condition. Right. Uh, but what and I so liked the, about that oh, yeah, is that it, uh, I expected. Well, the brother was kind of a one-dimensional asshole villain. Uh, up until this chapter and you can kind of see uh what skewed his mindset and uh pushed him down the path he's in um which is the the grandpa's general demeanor and attitude towards martial arts uh before he had alzheimer's or whatever he has Mm -hmm. um and i think that's interesting he's not a one-dimensional villain he has his reasons and uh I'm wondering how they play that flashback going forward because uh, I want to see if it's if they paint the grandpa in a bad light or if uh, his brother is just kind of being an asshole. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, I mean it's it's super interesting because as we like to say, I don't think it's going to be black or white. I think it's going to be shades of gray. I think uh-huh. it's I think it's sort of a the older brother to me seems like sort of a, a victim of the grandfather's you know tragic. Alzheimer's stuff and I think it he's harboring that as anger and he's lashing out with that and I think the younger brother kind of as we've seen the main character asked me I think he sort of took it on the nose and dealt with it and tried to kind of smile through the pain without actually confronting it and I think all of those things are one incredibly deep complex character motivations and choices and two they neither of those are really the right way to deal with this which is right which is interesting but they are kind of opposing ideas which is a perfect setup to have these brothers fight have the older brother win clearly they'll fight again in the future right as long as this doesn't get canned which i hope it doesn't um i, I don't but yeah, I, yeah it's too good to get canned and i uh, hope so yeah yeah what i thought was uh what i thought was cool is that you know the grandpa throughout the early chapters uh due to his his brain issues, whatever they are, uh, it calls Asumi by his brother's name consistently. So mm-hmm. I, I, it seems like the brother's issue it's or trauma or... Uh, is not, aside from the car crash where his parents died, is uh, he has to harbor all the unrealistic expectations that are now being forced on him, mm-hmm. um, despite his incredible performance already. So yeah, uh, yeah <laughs> no, I, I think that is that is a good reason to leave the family and act like yeah. this by the way uh, this is a this is a mma manga where people hit each other and fight we're talking about these like deep character and this is why this series is good because yeah, we're talking about good. all it's these great. sort of like 
deep character motivations, this incredible kind of character writing and opposed brothers and you know, and abuse and dead parents and all this stuff. And it's like, yeah, and at the end of the day, it's it's also just kind of about like the MMA and like these two guys fighting. And the action is really well drawn. Um, compare this to what is the Do Retry, which has the most insane garbage I don't even know how to describe it. Just awful action paneling and and designs and everything. Um, this is really good. And clearly this author, uh, you mentioned he did a uh, sumo manga before this. Clearly this author knows his mixed martial arts, including MMA, all this other stuff. Because he's they're talking about, you know, Matt, he, Matt Hughes' position. I, I guarantee you I can Google Matt Hughes' position and it'll show me something real, so... But yeah, so I mean, this is like, yeah, it's just MMA clip highlights when I Googled it. Um, <laughs> it's it's hard to understate how how good this is while being, on one hand, really simple and straightforward, and on another hand, really kind of deep and complex. And that's, I don't know, that tickles my fancy, again, in, in just the perfect way. So yeah, like we said, MMA... Marshall Master Asked Me is is really good. Definitely, I think the my favorite thing of, of the new six that have come out. Uh, I would say that it is Easily. maybe a little a little closer with Tenmaku. I like Tenmaku. I and they're about to get to a beach thing. I think that pair, the Tenmaku pair, I think they need to lean into their etchy roots a little bit more. I think that's why people are not reading <laughs> as much as they I, maybe should have. I think so there needs to be stakes. I think there needs to be some yeah. kind of. Uh, some kind of drama because like you think about Shokugeki no Soma, right? That's a cooking show. And the plot is literally based around the States. It's like, mm-hmm. Hey, you go to a school where people fight to the death with cooking, you know, right. like that's like a, that's like a silly little plot, but it's, it, it has infinite stakes and you can just yeah. add more and more on. Uh, Tenmaku. I don't know. I, I feel nothing, you know? Yeah. They're making uh, a movie. If they don't make the movie, they'll be disappointed and sad. There's no, you're right. There's not really a driving force behind it. Um, but anyways, and, and look back to Marshall master asked me, it's, there is, there's lots of stakes behind this. There's, there's pride. The younger brother is fighting for, you know, the pride of the grandpa. The older brother is trying to make it They're mm-hmm. You know, they're both just trying to succeed. Um, yeah, I, I am bought into this one fully. I think this was chapter six. Is that right? Six or seven. This um, is seven. Yeah, this is seven. Okay. Um, and that's and, so. And this is the first. It's like volume. you said earlier. Yeah. yeah, it's like you said earlier. Um, where it's just a setting, right? It's just a mm. setting, and the reason we are invested in these fights, as someone who has not watched a ton of MMA, uh, is because we're invested in the characters themselves, uh, and that makes the fights interesting. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, I I don't know. I dig it. Yeah, I this is this is wonderful. This is great. Um. Yeah, I mean, cool. Anything else on on MMA here? Yeah, uh, it's. I think it inevitably slows down a bit. Uh, yeah, because it's been nonstop since chapter one. Uh, so I'm curious to see how they they do kind of the in between arcs, like yes, the, yeah. But this author I, has good character stuff, so uh, I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be fun. Yeah, I think it's a good call out. I think because it's chapter seven, this will likely be the end of uh, the first volume. Mm-hmm. generally, and if if a volume one is good, if a volume one sells good, that can really solidify a series. Uh, I think this has a great volume one, uh, but I think you're right. I think next the next volume, starting next chapter, starting 
not this Sunday because I think WSJ is on break this Sunday. Uh, or is that next week? One yeah, of these next two right. weeks. I think it's I think it's on break this Sunday. Um, whenever we come back to this, I you're right. I will be interested. How does the how does the slice of life in between stuff happen? What does the training arc look like? All that kinds of stuff. So curious to see if they can execute that as well as they have done this sort of high energy, high octane, you know, MMA brother versus brother stakes on the line uh, stuff. So and because and, if it's if it's just as good or just as interesting and keeps you involved, then yeah, this is I I pray that this is a hit because I do I agree we both agree. I think a lot of people do that. This is the best thing out of the news. Yeah, I would say so. Cool. Uh, one last manga about people hitting each other. And that is Sakamoto days. This is the one where people hit each other with interesting things in interesting ways. This is the one we've talked about in the past about how good it's, Action paneling and its choreography specifically is um, this chapter. Uh, big spoilers. Let me let me check what chapter this is again because this the end of this one had uh, end of this one had big spoilers. So I don't want someone to come in here and not know exactly where we are. Sakamoto. We are one twenty nine. All right. Sakamoto days one twenty nine. Spoilers up to there. Do we just jump to the end? Or do we go through the stuff that happened here? Uh, uh, we can just jump to the end. Uh, yeah, just okay. Talk about the big twist here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the the main bad guy Slur or oh, I can't remember what his other name they is. They called him X in this one. I, I forget X, who yeah. is Slur and who is X. They're two blonde guys. I know. I think they're the same, right? They just have different names. I think. Yeah. I I th- I think they're all the the blonde dude who's who we saw in the flashback and all that stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. I forgot what the, I think I forget which one is slur, but anyway, doesn't matter. Yeah. So it's revealed at the end. Yeah. It's revealed at the end. I, I don't even know how truly to put it because I don't think it quite gives us enough information. It wants you to think, I think one of a couple of things, it wants you to think that, um, Akau, who is the older, uh, cousin is that right or the aunt, aunt of yeah yeah the aunt of rion uh is that right or no uh, Aki- akira akira i was like man the names okay yes akau is the aunt of akira her reason to come and kill this dude was she thinks that this dude killed her aunt it is then implied in this chapter that one of a couple of things either the ant is this guy. I think that one's maybe a little less likely. The ant's personality or brain is inside this guy's body, may possibly potentially sharing a brain. I, I think know. that was the intent of the chapter, the second one. Um, yeah, where, I think that one's more likely. Yeah. Uh, or, or this the this main bad guy X has some kind of. Everybody kind of has these these minute superpower type things we have not really seen what this guy's superpower is so it's possible that his superpower could be some kind of duplication or emulation of other people of other personalities um i could see the main bad guy having the power of 
oh, if I, for instance, watch the camera guy fight, I can now fully impersonate him and fight like the camera guy fully. And I wonder if that, I, I, this is, and this is maybe, this is my theory here. Um, I think he has some kind of in, uh, impersonation powers, quote unquote. So I think what he's doing here is, is impersonating a cow from the past to try to throw off Rion because we see in this panel here, Sakamoto says, like, don't be fooled, a cow died, who were you? Um, can, can I throw so, a wrench in, in your, in yeah, your theory it, real quick? Um, the chapter before this, he met Akira for the first time and confused her with Rion. And uh, thought she was Rion. So I I think he truly doesn't know who Akira is until just just like 10 seconds ago. And now he suddenly knows her very well, you know? Like, That's true. Uh, at, as a cow, he knows her very well. Um, so that's true. Yeah. He I, says the little, like you've grown so much or whatever. So, or you, you haven't, haven't grown, grown much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't uh, know. If this... So a few things, right. Yeah. Um, in the chapter where Sakamoto fought him in the flashback, uh, you see a cow's body, but you don't see how she died. You, you know, she's like an incredibly competent assassin, but she's just there dead. And this dude is unhurt. So yeah. it, that is suspicious innately. She's off screened, if you will. And two, in that flashback chapter, Sakamoto kills him. Yeah. Uh, like, and it seems pretty conclusive, his death. I mean, of course, we as the audience know he's not dead because he's the main villain. But right. um, so, uh, yeah, big question marks here. I have no idea. Yeah, this is, I mean, this could, because Sakamoto Days is very kind of uh, flexible with its, I put this in big quotes here, magic system. It doesn't really, it, it has, like I said, it kind of has these superpowers that they aren't, no one has ever said to, you know, oh, they have a superpower, but they do, right? They have these kind of niches that they, that they come at. Um, like I said, there's like the movie director guy, there's the, we have a mind reader, Sakamoto Days is the sort of mm-hmm. improvisational weapon guy where, it was mentioned a couple chapters ago. It's like, could you beat Sakamoto? And uh, uh, was it not Rion, the other one? A cow. Yeah. A cow says like, uh, if we're both naked in an empty room, yes. If he has anything he can use as an improvisational weapon, no. Uh, right. So anyways, all that to say, this could be kind of literally anything. <laughs> this this could be a Mission Impossible it's it's a cow and she you know got a body change this could be a brain transfer thing this could be a both of their brains are sharing one body or something weird like that this could be like i said this could be the sort of impersonation superpower maybe that even come back from the dead like both of them <laughs> yeah or so, who knows yeah uh who knows? There, yeah, there is, are a ton of questions yeah yeah but but this is a cool twist and it is a cool twist to leave you confused and guessing i think uh I dig it, and, yeah. Yeah, I think as as Game of Thrones and a lot of other sort of weekly uh, weekly released type things have shown us, leaving people with questions and getting people talking around a water cooler like we're doing in the podcast right now. And you can do in the comments, if you go and leave a comment, come join the water cooler talk. Um, this keeps people engaged. I am more engaged now than I was last chapter, even though it's this has been good for a long time because... I have questions. There's things to talk about. Mm-hmm. You and I can have a conversation around what we think is happening here. And that's, uh, that is a wonderfully sticky technique to use in writing. And I love it. And I think this did an excellent job at it. And I'm super curious to see what happens here. Yeah. I guess we'll find out, uh, whenever jump is not on break. 
Yeah, I think in two weeks, I think it comes back, uh, what would that be, the 12th, I believe, we'll get... Uh, Real quick, uh, scroll the panels. Um, there's an underrated uh, to the right. Uh, yeah, this is one of my, uh, the one where she she's laughing at mm-hmm. Sakamoto being fat. And uh, I love Sakamoto being like self-conscious and holding <laughs> yeah. his belly. <laughs> like it was like such a low blow to be laughed at to his face like that. That's so funny. It's so good, yeah. But it's also like very out of character for for X normally, but very in character for uh, a cow. Yeah. And the movie director guy's like, "Who asked you to ad lib here?" Uh, uh, that's great. Either way, yeah, we'll see where this yeah, goes. Yeah, I I don't know. My mind is like swimming because I'm like, "What is this? What is happening? What's going on?" I'm I'm super curious. Uh, I, I could see it being like uh, a science experiment where it, her both of their dead bodies body. like her brain and his body but they're both vying for control or something like that I, that's kind of maybe a, a pretty likely version i would say because they I both died in the same together. area i think yeah, they're working together because, because she is not on sakamoto's side at the moment uh, uh very much against them and she knows about his bounty and says oh i guess mm-hmm. i put too high of a price on your head kind of a thing in this right. final page like she so ordered that, it and we know that X ordered yeah. it, quote unquote, what we thought previously. So, yeah. So her fight with him, uh, it, and that the fight with him was suspicious as well because she's just dead off screen, and uh, he's completely unhurt, and that seems unlikely too, right? Considering mm-hmm. she's like one of the best assassins in the world. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. I mean, this <laughs> is a cool mystery to to unravel. I'm like, I'm excited for it. We got a little yeah, bit too. more Mission Impossible intrigue going on here. Uh, cool. They, Anything they really else? wrote. Um, Man, uh, the the Chinese assassin. Uh, oh, they really the wrote other her girl. Out of the story, didn't yeah, they? she's just like, yeah. We I, like we kind of mentioned this is a story about boys punching each other. It's not. There's a couple. I mean, Akira's here. But, yeah, which which I which I like and enjoy. But yeah, they pretty much did write out the Chinese assassin. I yeah. I think her her superpower of like when I'm drunk I can just take on anyone maybe is a bit too. It's hard to ride around, first of all, of like, well, how do you get them alcohol to win? And if they don't have alcohol, they just lose. And if they have alcohol, they win. I don't know. I, I can kind of see where problem. they. Yeah, I can see how they the author maybe just created a little bit of, of an issue with this. Uh, but regardless, Sakamoto Days is great. I'm super excited. I think we're getting an anime soon, hopefully. So. Yeah, that'd be cool. cool. They need a good studio, though. Yeah, they need a really good studio. Yeah. Um Anything else on Sakamoto Days here, then? Uh, nope. I think we covered it. Cool. Let's, uh... There's, like, two little pieces of news we can go over and get get your thoughts on these. Uh, Kindergarten Wars is getting another reprint. I want to say, I haven't brought this every time I've heard it announced, but I've brought it maybe four or five times in the last, like, year. Uh, mm-hmm. This is the seventh reprint of Volumes 1 and 2 for Kindergarten Wars, the fifth reprint of volume three and the second reprint of volume four. This is, this is the new spy family. I think we were having this conversation. I think this is sort of the next generation spy family where it kind of has broad appeal. It has action. It has kind of a family dynamic. There's a romance angle. It's kind of got a little bit of everything and it's really good and it's selling like hotcakes. So yeah. Uh, and Actually, it has a big romance angle. Like that, mm-hmm. that, that that's like the last ten. More chapters. romance than Spy Family for sure. 
more romance than some romances. <laughs> like, it, it doesn't dally around, and it has, like, a normal... Well, I, I say normal adult romance, but it has it, ha- it has a, a it has adult romance. Adult I don't romance. think it's normal. Yeah, it's not rom- It's not normal because they're all crackpot assassins. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no, it's it's been fun. It deserves a reprint and the success it's it's been having. Yeah, this is this is going to be a big one again. Like we always mention, especially after an anime hits, we saw Spy Family explode to like double its sales numbers at the time. I think this is another one that people are going to talk about. A lot of people are going to read. It's going to be really widespread, and then we're going to get an anime. It's going to be good, and it's going to explode again. So, yeah. Uh, the other piece of news is fourth My Hero Academia movie. Yeah, man, slow Go news day, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I scrolled. I was like, wow, is there any news? That was that's about it. Um, uh, the third one was good. I mean, like good as it could be for a My Hero Academia movie. Like, uh, I. I I saw it with you. And no, you know, I didn't see the third one. I, I saw the second one with you or the first one. Oh, maybe I saw the third one. You went and saw alone or with your other friends. I don't remember, but I think, uh, yeah, I think that up. Um, Cause the third one is uh, the one where they all share one for all or whatever, or all for one. Right. No. Well, uh, Deku's power. Oh, right. I actually, I don't remember if that's a second or third one. Um, that might be the second one. Yeah. I don't know. One of the movies had, had a power where Deku goes on a road trip to stop, to save the world or something some shit with this guy uh who has a quirk that lets him summon a dumb bird um and i've not seen that, that one yeah that guy with the bird uh he was like the best character in that movie <laughs> i yeah i don't know he had a good character arc and the rest of it was a my hero academia movie yeah because we saw the first one and the first one was the one with the like scientist girl and the tower yeah. and it was yeah, yeah that was i don't one. i don't remember it i don't don't even know if i'll comment on it i don't remember it at all I remember I, almost. It doesn't matter. It wasn't really. I mean, like it was just a uh, a movie with a plot that exists to set up fight scenes. So <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, speaking of exhaustion. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's oh, let's it? do something right before Oppenheimer. Sure. We have a little bit of time. We've we've been short short t- today since it's a slow news day. Uh, uh, you read the new One Piece? I did read the new One Piece that dropped earlier but, today. Yeah. Let's have an. Uh, an informal chat about the new one piece. All right. Uh, off the record so that we can bring it up for real in a future. Yeah. Off, off the record <laughs> so we can bring it up for real. Uh, yeah. No, I thought it was great. Uh, I, I love the, uh, that Oda just decided to cancel the game of among us and skip right to the end. Uh, yeah. honestly, I'm glad that that was, uh, I, as, as much as I probably would have liked it, uh, it's way more fun. Uh, this reveal that, uh, the satellite or whatever her name is, uh, is negotiating with the world government while being held hostage, uh, which is hilarious. Yeah, it's it's a super good reveal. Uh, and, I, yeah, and I mean, I don't call- know what to say. It's yeah, I'm it's a callback super- to, to like what we discussed last time with awesome One Piece uh, crew shots where the whole crew's mm-hmm. lined up. Uh, it, there was another one. This chapter it was freaking great. Yeah, this is a good crew shot. There's no no Robin in this shot though. I was like specifically looking for her and I don't see her. Yeah, but anyways, uh, she's replaced with Lucci. Going forward, we have <laughs> Lucci on the crew. She already has the least lines of any of the Straw Hats. Um, <laughs> it's great. I we finally. I mean, how many months? Is it, I think that the last time we were actually in um, Egghead. What is this place? In Egghead was like January or maybe December. Like I legitimately think it's been 
more than half a year that we've been away from Egghead and Luffy and the crew. It's good to be back. And I'm, I'm it feels glad, so good. I'm glad we're just right back into the action. Uh, yeah. I, I thought I thought it was uh, th- there was a few interesting things. One, like the elder guy, one of the five elders, is the on Saturn? the ship. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, he's right? on the ship uh, leading the assault on Egghead, mm-hmm. which is interesting because they never leave their room. Uh, why is why is he like? Why is he with no fighting abilities uh, overseeing the mission in person? Uh, that's curious. Yeah, I don't know. I yeah, Jay Garcia Saturn is his name. Yeah, lots of I mean, man, talk about something that's filled to the brim. One Piece has always got tons of stuff going on in it. Uh I actually thought maybe the most interesting thing was the sort of uh shots of all of the east, south, west, north blue all kind of being affected by the the nuke. The deletion. Yeah. <laughs> the the nuke Oppenheimer. Um <laughs> by the deletion of that island uh something that that rang sort of it stood out to me because i think that eventually how how do i say this there's lots of theories around joy boy essentially deleting the the red line and the grand line right and making all the oceans the same Oh, I see. And the, uh, so the, that's why I sort of felt like the shots showing, hey, this, you know, massive attack that nuked this island out of existence is affecting all four, all four of the seas. Yeah, I think we're going to get it's a play uh, towards unity kind of a thing. Yes. And I think, yeah, that's that's a that's exactly sort of what I was looking for. I think that we are going to see more and more. um kind of worldly points of view because I think that part of where One Piece is going with Luffy becoming King of the Pirates and taking down the world government and all this stuff is I think we're headed towards uh, sort of one, unifying the oceans, which is symbolic for sort of unifying the people and getting them out from under the world government. So I just thought that that page was really interesting because it showed kind of the four corners of the, uh, of the blue, the blue oceans, the blue seas or whatever. Uh, and I just, I, I looked at that and I go like, oh, we're going to, this is, we're going to see more of that going forward, I would guess. We're going to see things happen. We're going to see reactions from around the world because at the end of the day, all of these people that they're showing, you know, they got affected by this tidal wave. They're all going to be on Luffy's side is, is my prediction, right? I, I think so. I, I think that that's a interesting POV. And, uh, yeah, we, we also got a few more reveals like, um. I think it's implied that Garp is all but alive. Like he, I mean, like uh, for sure, yeah. Uh, it, we we kind of piece that together by uh, kind of him not being shown dead on screen. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, they effectively confirmed it with the mayor and um, Luffy's uh, quote unquote mom uh, stating, "It's like, oh, Garp went MIA. It's like, oh, he's a he's a legendary hero. He'll be fine." Uh, yeah. So yeah, I, I think I think that's safe to say he'll be fine. Yeah. We also got, and this is maybe the most, uh, the most sort of historical one piece thing. We got the, not necessarily the reveal. Cause I think we saw some before, but Oda literally laid it out in front of us is like, this operation is being spearheaded by nine Navy HQ admirals. And a few pages later, it's like, 
by the way, this is under control of the Straw Hats, and there are 10 Straw Hats, and there is one Jay Garcia Saturn. Hello, it's 10v10. Match them up. Uh, so I'm like, I would bet money on those nine admirals going up against the Straw Hats, you know, in their standard kind of 1v1 fight, and Luffy going up Saturn either against... Fights. I think yeah, he goes up against yeah, I was going to say, it's either against one of the uh, admirals or... I, I I think Luffy maybe fights Jay Garcia Saturn, maybe after Kizaru or somebody. But I, I think he's just an old man. I don't know. Maybe. I, yeah. It's possible. I We talked well, I, a couple well, we know months he turned, ago. They can turn into like weird beasties from the Sabo yeah, section. That, that could yeah. be M's power. Or that could be their power. We don't know. I A lot of people theorized that... Uh, when the sort of old dudes turned into those monsters, that was their power, and Odo was just kind of covering up in darkness to not reveal what what it is. So I think he yeah. probably has a power. I don't know if he'll necessarily fight now, but I do think. I mean, I don't know. We'll have to see. I it just it felt very, uh, very Odo, very One Piece to literally just be like, hey, by the way, now I have to have nine Navy admirals in the same place uh, or vice admirals because there's ten Straw Hats, and you know Luffy fights above his weight so he can't just fight a vice admiral but all the others will fight a vice admiral so that'll be fun to see i assume at this point the straw hats will just mop the floor with the vice admirals after i mean after wano but who knows i i don't know uh i i, I feel like probably like luffy through sanji like in terms of power levels i i think those guys can but we'll yeah. have to see about Usopp and nami and stuff uh yeah for either, sure either way uh on the parallel of that right i love how in the final shot, uh, Luffy still has no idea what's going on. He's just going with the flow. And Nami's like, oh, I understand. Got it. So he's just leaving the thinking to, to yeah. like, Usopp and Nami who are actually paying attention to all of this. Uh, like usual. Yep. I love it. It's perfect. Yep. i super excited that it's, like, I, I love the detour stuff. Not even detour. I loved all the sort of side story stuff. It revealed a lot. Um, interested to wear the, the uh, jewelry Bonnie and... Papa Fruit Man, what's his name? I forgot. Uh, Kuma. Kuma, yeah. That's that's the stuff maybe that I'm most curious about right now. That seems... Me too. That seems very important for the for the taking down of the world government and the breaking of those walls. But yeah, there's lots of stuff. It feels good that... And I, I, it feels good that everything... It feels like a ball rolling downhill now, right? Wano was, I think, sort of the peak. And I think now we're... We see it tells us that Egghead is studying the Void Century. They're trying to escape with him. They're, I think, pretty obviously going to go to the land of the giants, whose name I've forgotten because there's too many names in One Piece. Uh, uh, Elbath. Yes, Elbath. Um, but yeah, I mean, all these things are lining up where it's like, okay, Stryhats escape. They're going to learn more Void Century stuff. That's going to lead to knowing the purpose of Joy Boy or what the pop-off route has to do with all this. Yeah, I, it just, it feels like, again, the One Piece has spread and spread and spread to make itself a larger and larger epic, and we are finally sort of converging things. And I think that's another, another one of those things of showing us all those different East Blue, South Blue, North Blue, West Blue. Um, it's showing us all these sort of wide, desperate uh, islands and areas that are all having the same experience because I think the story is on its way from this large expansive epic. I mean, it's still going to be a, a quote unquote epic, but it is going to come down to all the major players in the same place, all resolving at the same time. And we're on that path and you can feel that. And that's what feels cool. 
I'm looking forward to the chaos. Yeah. Yeah, uh, for sure. I, I'm going to make one final call before we move on. Okay. Um, and I don't know if people have theorized this. I'm sure that everyone's theorized everything. But uh, Kuma's power in uh, Halloween Town. Uh, I forgot what the island is. Uh, Thriller oh, Park. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. He makes a giant uh, bubble with all of Luffy's pain that Zoro absorbs. Uh, yes. I think... He has all of the Void Century information in him. And he's probably going to make a bubble with all of that information and share it. That's what, hmm. that's my call. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I had to bring up the I had to bring up the wiki. Yeah. I think that's what will make him like relevant to this arc. Yes. Because I, I wanted to bring up the wiki because I wanted to read the strength of the pop-up fruit is the user is able to push virtually anything they touch into paw-shaped bubbles. This includes both tangible materials like people, objects, and even air, as well as intangible things such as hollows, pain, and memories. I think the memories ah, thing. There it is. Yeah. I, and I think that's that's what I was looking for was that line right there. I do think because we saw in Egghead, didn't we see a pawpaw memory bubble? That I think so. Bonner, I think that Bonnie, Bonnie touched. touched and learned something. So I think she's got info that we're going to get out of her probably as everything is happening because that's how Oda likes to do it. As everything is chaotic and fighting, Bonnie will reveal some sort of world-shattering memory bubble thing from Kuma. Yeah. So, so yeah, we will see. Anyway, cool. uh, speaking of Oppenheimer. Yeah, speaking of nukes, yeah, let's, let's talk about Oppenheimer. Uh, we both saw this this weekend. Amazing movie. Very, very good movie. Uh, not an enjoyable movie, I would say, simply because it is a draining political circus to watch, but uh, is riveting, riveting to watch, I would say. How'd you feel about it? Uh, I, I thought I was compelled the whole way through. I enjoyed the movie a lot. Um, you're right. I While I enjoyed it, it was like a dreary movie. Uh, yeah. I think the end kind of fills you with existential dread, but yeah. that's what it's going for. Uh, uh, but I, I, I don't think it's for everyone. I think uh, if you don't if you don't want a three hour movie of pretty much all politics, then yeah, politics don't watch this movie <laughs> and, yeah. and kind of backstabs and trying to work people over other people and yeah, right. It's, I, I was not expecting that. I was very much more expecting a sort of like Oppenheimer gets the dream team together, they create the bomb. Whoops, what have we done? The end. Uh, this right. was much more, yeah, it, there's a lot more going on, a lot of literal politics and also just kind of internal people-to-people uh, -people politics in the Los Alamos uh, settlement, camp, city, whatever you want to call that. But yeah, I, I, it was an amazing movie. And this, I think, has solidified that Nolan, Chris Nolan is the best he may his movies have the best last two to three minutes of any movies I've ever seen. The uh, yeah. last, the like, I thinking about the last like sixty to, to like two minutes of the Dark Knight gives me chills. Or he's giving that voiceover and he's like, "Cause they'll chase me because they have to, because I you know the last man, the Dark Knight, whatever it is." That like monologue is amazing. The last two minutes of um, Memento, Memento also yes yeah. Is amazing. Like literally every single one of his movies, right? The last, even, I even love the last couple of minutes of Dark Knight Rises. I think, where, spoilers for like 20 seconds here. 
where you see Bruce and Selena, I think is wonderful, where you get the name of the cop as Robin is awesome. I think Robin oh. walking into the cave and like the thing slowly raising up to give you to go to the fade to blackout that I get chills thinking about that. That's last two minutes are awesome. I hated um, the Robin part, but I agree with the rest. Yeah, I mean, that part's cheesy, but like the, the raising up of the thing at the end, like again, uh, Inception, the, the spinning of the top in Inception is yeah, that was awesome. People yeah. have talked about that for like a year, like or longer. People were talking about the ending of that movie. Um, and then what's the magic one he did? The the Prestige. I think the last two uh, or three wait, minutes. Don't, of the don't, Prestige. don't tell me about that one. I haven't seen it. Okay, the last two or three minutes of the Prestige are also fantastic. You have to see the Prestige. That is that is I think Nolan's best movie. He he pulls a rabbit out of the hat and it, it just left me stunned in silence. Exactly, but yeah, <laughs> but again, Oppenheimer. The last like two minutes of Oppenheimer again are like the best parts of the movie in my opinion. They're so good. It's so impactful how he leaves you, and I think it's something that has fed Nolan's success. Is that uh, this is true with a lot of art you consume? Uh, I don't know if we've talked about this in details in a while, but if you have a really good story and it ends kind of on a whimper and or it tapers out that's not as impactful as as ending at the right time with the sort of right scene. It's having a good dessert at a meal, right? If you walk out of there going, oh my gosh, the whole meal was good and that finishing part and that ending and that dessert, that's excellent. Um, this is something, just to sort of tie it back to, to Nolan and Batman, the new Batman movie, The Batman, I thought that movie was very good, and I thought that movie did not end at the right time, and I thought that it kind of petered out at the end, and I think that massively affected the way that I felt about that movie. Because um, we talked about where that movie should have ended, and it didn't right. end there. And if it had ended where I think it should have ended, with the Nolan ending, I think that movie, one, it's like 20 minutes shorter, which it needed to be, <laughs> and two, it's yeah. just better if it ends if it ends at that moment. But yeah, I Nolan's endings are the best. I No one can match him. I agree. Yeah, he, he crushes it and uh, did so for this movie, too. So go check it out. Yeah, for sure. Not like you need our convincing. I'm sure the the rest of the Internet has told you that, too. Yeah, it's a very good movie. We've we've talked about Barbie last week, so you can go check that out. We've seen the Barbie. Hire. Which one? Here's a question. Not necessarily which one did you enjoy more, but which one do you, do you think is a better movie, Barbie or Oppenheimer? That I, I feel like that is impossible to answer. It's like saying what, what's better, Shawshank or Zoolander. I mean, I, I guess I I have an opinion, but yeah, I I, I it's like they, I won't trap us. I won't trap us there. It, it's too different. It's too freaking different. They are very. Also, they're yeah. You I I I I don't know who said this that they you shouldn't watch Barbie and Oppenheimer at the same time. I, I agree. I don't think I don't think that's a good idea. Just watch them on different weekends. They both leave, like, Barbie left me thinking about a lot of things. I had a lot of thoughts during my head. Oppenheimer left me sort of exhausted from just, you know, a very, it's a very intense movie. A very, very intense movie. So, yeah, I'm glad that I did not try to do both of these movies in the same day. I would have uh, not gotten as much out of one of them as I did. Yeah, if we had tickets to see Oppenheimer and then Barbie, I don't think I would have seen Barbie. I think I would have just gone down. And I think that if I saw Barbie and then Oppenheimer, I would have uh, liked Oppenheimer less just because my brain would have already been full. Yeah, Um, exactly. Cool. So I've been reading reading this book by Stephen King. It's called On Writing. This is one of the books that I see recommended 
wholesale in almost every list for writers. I thought I'd check it out. Man, have you ever read anything by Stephen King, Gautam? Uh yeah. I uh, it's been it's been a long time, but what do you know? I, what you, remember what you read? I I read uh, Pet Cemetery and I read The Shining. Okay, this guy can fucking write. <laughs> like, I I want to say like no one else can, but there I mean there are obviously other people that are good writers, but man, he this book is kind of structured just as little vignettes that are you know a paragraph, sometimes two or three pages long, a, kind of starting at the start of his life and going up through. He has this section that's maybe a page and a half long that's about when he would get ear infections as a kid and his mom would take him in. That's like maybe some of the like most compelling two like two pages I've ever read. They're just like that well written. Like this That's insane. It, it's such a cool it really is though. Like you could just <laughs> read it and it's just the way he I, I wordsmith is such I it's such a stupid phrase that I don't like using, but just like the way he crafts the arc of him, you know, having pain and being taken to the doctor by his mother and ha- being held down and having his ear drained and then having to go back and have it done again and then having to go back and having it done a third time. The way that he just kind of like ranks up the kind of dread that he felt and the pain and everything. Stephen King is like a hell of a writer. I mean, I, I think that's the most obvious thing maybe we've ever said on this. I have only ever read... The first, what's it called? The Gunslinger? The first part of the Dark Tower series? Uh, Dark Tower, yeah. Yeah, that's the only... You right there, Bruce. Um, uh, I uh, value you as a friend, and I trust you. I trust you uh, quite a bit. But you telling me that him writing about his ear infection as a child is the most compelling two pages you've read in a while. It's It's like you telling me that you saw a unicorn the other day. And it was crazy. It's like, sure, I trust you. Yeah. But what do you mean by that? How? How did you? You have to read it to understand. It was one of those things where, because it's separated out as sort of a little like chapter paragraph thing. And it's, you know, it's like nine, right? It's just like nine. And he just, all it is is he talks about, like, we moved into this place and I had an ear infection. And uh, you you have to, because I realized when I was done reading it and there was a break and I moved on to the next section, I was like, I f- he makes you feel things, which is like, which is a power that writers have that not all writers are able to tap into. Sometimes you can go, oh, ew, that was gross. But like, he got to the end of that, like, lit- it's literally two pages long, maybe two and a half pages long. And it was like, man, I like, I felt his man, tread, I, I felt his pain. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean... Uh, Part of this maybe is that like I, I had ear infections also when I was little, but I didn't. It's so it's tapping into something maybe that's a bit more personal for me, but also like he's done it a couple other times in, I, I don't know, maybe a third of the way through it now. Um, but he just, he talks about, uh, what is it? He gets, he, 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 he's on the school newspaper his like sophomore year of high school or something. And yeah. he, he, he just, him and one other kid. And it's like in small town, Maine or something, right? He grew up in the Northeast. All his stories take place very typically in the Northeast of America. Um, And they just like don't publish a single paper. They publish like one paper. But he, he talks about how writers sometimes will, they'll go through uh, phases where they're very low energy and then they'll just write a storm. And he goes through one of those phases while he's on this newspaper team and he writes not a real newspaper. He writes a fake newspaper that just makes fun of all the teachers and he prints it and he distributes it and everyone in school loves it because obviously he's a great writer already. He's been writing since he was like six. He talks about 
it like makes fun of all the teachers. It calls them by these little names that they don't know they have. That all the, See, that, the that students part sounds fun. Yeah, well, but but he he gets in trouble for it. He gets called to the principal's office. One of the teachers is like really offended and confronts him, demands an apology. And like reading this part again, I'm going through it and I'm like, I'm feeling all of these things that Stephen King wants me to feel while I'm reading this. I am feeling his elation at how at how popular it is, the sort of fame that it brings him and that everyone loves it and is laughing at it and that he can make people laugh and smile. And he says, you know, like when you're, he talks about when your writing does that, that's, you know, the single most rewarding thing you can ever have. And the sort of the, the tragedy of having to, he sells all the papers for like a quarter or something, right? It costs him like 17 cents to print them up and he sells them for a quarter. He makes $9 in 1963, which is a ton of money, right? That'd be like you know, $100 or something today. Um, and he has yeah. to give all that money back. And he talks about how like, and you feel like you just, something about the way he writes is I feel what he wants me to feel. I feel so sad to listen to Stephen King talking about how he has to give every single person who bought one of his papers, give them their quarterback and how so many of them are like, I'm keeping the paper because I think it's funny and how that, how he felt about that. That was kind of its own reward. I don't know. And again, it's just like, that's like two or three pages in the book. This is not like a chap, huge chapter long thing. He's so, I need to read more Stephen King's what I'm learning because he's so concise and poignant and he makes you feel things and that's like that's what i like i don't like things that are overly wordy or verbose i definitely need to read more stephen king because this i mean this book is like it's not every single section but i get through some of these sections and i'm like that was the greatest three paragraphs i've ever read ever it's how i talk about um i talk about urasawa sometimes is just like that's the single greatest individual manga chapter by itself i've ever read i'm, I'm getting the same thing with stephen king here i think it's obvious right this guy is one of, if not the best-selling author of all time. I think he's top five. I don't think he's number one. I think maybe Agatha Christie's number one or the Bible. But uh, yeah, I it's it's amazing. I'm super excited to go read more of it. It's so easy to read. It makes you feel things. It's great. I mean, I'm 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 very late to the party on Stephen King, is what I'll say. <laughs> but I'm very much enjoying uh, his. This book is on writing, which is a little memoir that he wrote uh, about his writing craft. So. Nice, man. Glad you're enjoying it. Uh, yeah, he, he cranks them out, too. Uh, I used to, yeah. When he was doing cocaine, he cranked out a lot of books. Yeah. We have not gotten to that part yet. He's, I've only just now gotten to, he joined, he's like 17, 17 or 18, and he joins the like local paper to write sports, which is which is kind of funny to imagine. But. Huh. But, yeah. No, uh, I, I have to read more. Of, I have to read more in general. I... I, I kind of, it used to be like a habit of mine, but I, I haven't done it in a while. Anyway, hey, we're, 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 we're tangenting. Uh, yeah. Let's wrap yeah. this. Let's wrap we're this an hour. Though. Cool. Anything else you want to say this week? Uh, I'm all good. Cool. Uh, thanks, everybody, for, for staying and listening or watching. Uh, if you enjoy the podcast and you want to support us, give us a like or a follow. Positive reinforcements. Go do them. Absolutely. Uh, if you want to give us some money, head on over to Patreon at patreon.com slash WGBmanga. I have a plan to read out Patreon names whenever they come in. We don't have any. Can you imagine? You could be the only person we think at the start of this podcast. Go over to patreon.com slash WGBmanga. Give us some money. I'll get your name. We'll announce you as our sole, uh, the sole proprietor of, of our entire podcast. Uh, there's bonus episodes there, so you're getting a reward too. Uh, Check me out on Twitter slash X at WGB Manga. And yeah, thank you so much for being here. 
See you later. Come back next week and the week after that. Keep coming back. And don't forget to read more manga. Manga. Stop. Did you, did you say manga at the end, or did the word just cut out? I think cut out. I said it. Oh, I'll okay, okay. I, I said it because I, I it like cut out for me. <laughs> I did it cut and out. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I thought you were like wanting me to finish it or something. I was like, okay. Uh, <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. It, it, so it's just me randomly saying manga at the end. Then. I wondered. I was like, he also said manga. Cool. Yeah. It's like, why did he do that? <laughs> Uh, funny.